Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, October the 25th, 2018, 8 a.m. New York time. This is your first daily dose of happy for the day. And once again, we are live streaming this to the Facebook Law of Attraction Changed My Life group. And uh, we want to welcome everybody in that group who happens to be uh, tuned in at this particular point in time to the program. Uh, we're in a uh, series of these uh, podcast episodes that we're broadcasting to that group um, because, well, partly because they're a Law of Attraction group, partly because they welcome us to do it, and partly because there's a lot of them. So, you know, it's a good, three good reasons to do it, and uh, we're really excited about it. And, uh, Joel, I haven't talked to you in a week, but how are you doing, my friend? Well, this will be shocked, but things are going very well. Um, <laughs> life, uh, it's been a really, really good week. Uh, just so much great stuff happening. I've, uh, uh, it, I'm always amazed at that, you know, just what takes place in a week and, and you just sort of like, wow, you know, when you look back on it retrospect. It's been an incredible week. So, uh, hope things are good with you and, uh, and, and our audience. I'm really always look forward to these shows. Oh, me too. Me too. And, and things are going well. Uh, things have been, uh, it's been uh, another challenging week in many ways, but also a good week because we've been doing these uh, live streams and getting some nice responses from people, um, including from the, uh, the administrators of the group. They're liking it too. It's like, oh, wow, boy, this is really good. So, you know, we're, we're very glad to be doing this. And, and by the way, if you're in the group at the time that we're doing the podcast and listening and watching us, um, feel free to leave a comment or two. I try to monitor the comment section to see if there's anything uh, going on in there. And if there is, uh, we'll try to bring it in and include it in the discussion. And today's discussion is about happiness because we are in control of our own happiness, which is something that is kind of news to a lot of people, particularly if you're new to the law of attraction. That's, it, it, that sounds like a little bit of a weird thing sometimes because, you know, you, you kind of go through life expecting and, and being taught that, you know, your, your happiness is dependent on what happens to you, right? I mean, you, when good things happen, then you're happy. When bad things happen, then you're not happy. But, you know, that's, that's just not the way it actually turns out. Um, it's one of the basic teachings of the law of attraction gurus that when we take responsibility for our own happiness, we can actually improve our happiness levels and thereby end up improving what happens in our life. I mean, that, and, and that's the lesson of your own life, Joel. I mean, your whole life story is about how you, you improved your own happiness. Well, well, that, that, you know, the concept that I've, that you're talking about it, I think it is counterintuitive to how we were all raised. Yeah. Um, we're, well, yeah. we're, we're almost all taught or, or, you know, believing in the concept that what when this happens, I will be happy. When I have enough money, I'll be happy. When I have the right relationship, right. I'll be happy. The nice house, uh, all these things that will allegedly make you happy. It turns out that the it's it's reverse. Get happy first, and then you fill that void in. And that that that's the hard part for most people to accept because the reality doesn't often match, or at least what their perception of their reality is, that concept of being happy. You're in a job you hate. You have unbelievable financial stresses. Uh, you have all these things going on, no relationship, or whatever it looks like. Uh, that's what you keep focusing on, and that's what keeps happening, and you seem to be stuck. And, and I'm speaking for me when I say you because that's what <laughs> happened to me. Uh, you know, I, I, I was – you know, I was in this downward spiral that just never seemed to um, stop. Mm. But as I realized, and I, once I understood, I'm in charge of my own happiness. I, I get to dictate, uh, am I am I happy today or not? And, and it's, it's the concept that I use in my practice with uh, my, my clients. And it, it's one of the, the things that I get a lot of pushback from traditional therapists is that, you know, you're, you're not responsible for, you know, because a lot of stuff happens to you and, and their traumas and you're not responsible for how you feel. And, uh, I challenge that directly. I certainly acknowledge traumas, but, you know, I, I, the statement that I always say to my clients is you may not be to blame for what happened to you, but you certainly are responsible to, for feeling better. Uh, and that, that bites some people sometimes. It's a biting statement, not, not, you know, I guess I do intend it to be biting when I think of it is it, not to harm anyone, but to really wake them up to the concept that you're in charge of this. Every, 
everything that happens, you are in charge of how you feel about it. And that, that foremost is happiness for most of us as the, the entryway or the gateway into a much better life is, is when you are really happy, the law of attraction picks up on that and make, gives you more things to be happy about it. It, it you know, it, it's not that it's a very, uh, as I've mentioned often, the law of attraction isn't philanthropic and is really happy to help. It doesn't care. It just says, this is what you're putting out there. This is the void we're filling in. And that message just wails in the face of people's responsibility of, of the, their belief that, well, this happened to me, so I can't be happy. And that happened to you, and your job is to figure out how to be happy. And, well, that raises the ultimate question, the obvious question, which is, okay, like you said, we were brought up to believe that happiness is outside of our direct control, that it's based on what happens to us, that it's based on how other people treat us and so forth. How do you take responsibility? I mean, what, how do you actually shift how you feel? Because, I mean, that was the issue I remember experiencing back in 2007, 2008, when I first got exposed to the whole concept of the law of attraction. Just faced with the idea, well, first of all, I have all these negative thoughts going through my head all day, you know, so now I have to deal with those somehow. And on top of that, I have to actually move my feelings to a happier zone. And I've never done that before. How the heck do you do that? Well, if everybody, if anybody does, obviously if you're driving, you can't do this, but if you are home, you may want to get a pen out because I have a step by step method of how to ah, do this. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Step one is be happy. <laughs> and then that concludes the comprehensive step-by-step -step method. Uh, it, 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 it sounds, it sounds so amazingly condescending, but truth be, that is that simple. It, 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 it's, it, it we, we want a more complicated answer, but it really is a decision, a button you can press. When I look at my life, when I look at where I'm at, if, if I have nothing but a pulse today, I have a shot. I have a chance. I have something to do. Or I can look at all that went wrong or all that has happened. I have a client that I work with and he, he you know, he, this has been many years ago, so he's come a very long way, but, um, he was a very, very entitled, very wealthy family and he had a, television package from DirecTV that I didn't even know existed. Uh, they don't advertise it. It had every single channel available in the, in, in the world. It, it is, I think it was around $1,400 a month his oh, family geez. was paying for this. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, my goodness. And, and at, at one point, I think there was like 1,700 channels he had available at any one time, not counting the movie channels and all the other stuff that goes with that. So uh, I get this random call from This is a true story. That's what makes it even more bizarre. I get this random call from him one day, and he said, uh, uh, Joel, I have a problem. I said, what's wrong? He says, C-SPAN 4 isn't working. <laughs> and, and, I'm like, well, and for people who are not in the United States, C-SPAN <sighs> is, there, there are, I guess, four or five of these channels that are uh, feeding various government um, uh, meetings and so forth to viewers who want to watch. So you can watch the co U.S. Congress in action or you can watch uh, presentations by the president or the State Department or whatever. That's what C-SPAN is for. Right, with, with, you know, it's just a, a direct broadcast, no commentary. Uh, as dull as it sounds, it's even worse. Um, <laughs> it's just really that bad. So, so anyway, my, so when he mentioned C-SPAN four isn't working, so I'm trying to process what that meant. First of all, I said, well, number one, do you even watch any of the C-SPANs? And he goes, well, no. <laughs> I said, well, how did you discover it's missing? Well, I was just flipping through the channel and I realized that it wasn't there. I said, well, uh, the 1,700 other channels are working. Well, I, that, that's the one that's not working, and I, I want to know why. And, and I'm like, well, so your life is dependent or your happiness is now dependent on whether C-SAN span four. And sure enough, it was a, it was, had, it, had it nothing to do with uh, direct TV. It was a, a it, the source of the broadcast wasn't broadcasting, and, and they fixed it. But I, I use that as an analogy in a sense of, wow, we tend to have a focus on what is wrong. And sometimes we're almost scanning the horizon for what is wrong or what is there to worry about. And yeah. and that is the million-dollar 
problem that that costs you everything. When I say, you know, most people are expecting a million dollar answer. That's a million dollar problem. That's that's robbing you of happiness. When your focus and filter is on what is wrong or what do you need to be anxious about, happiness can't coexist with with gratitude and and the other stuff. It just doesn't work. So when you're looking at what's wrong, you're 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 very very upset about that and it's something so benign versus. What is going on? What's going great in my life? What's going, you know, what, what is really good? I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, even I'm not healthy or whatever, whatever you have going on, you're still here. And there is all that from the basis of still being here. Great things come from us just being here, uh, when we, we put things in the right direction. And that's the part that that's when I say just be happy. It sounds so easy. However, we need to step back and say it, it isn't as easy as it is to just throw out there, but it is as easy as we allow it to be. Mm. I have an incredible abundance in my life when I, and I do, I have that today because of the incredible abundance that I had realized I had, even when I had nothing, my abundance lied within my, my abilities, what I could do. I, I, I was, literally penniless, had nowhere to go. But at the same time, I, I was young, I'm, I'm healthy, I was in a beautiful environment, and I would focus on those things that were right. And I, it, it was a lot harder to find the things that were right than the things that were wrong. But once I was able to do that, once I was able to move forward uh, and, and start doing it, then all of a sudden the the vast majority of things in my life to be happy about came into play. So the beginning process is literally flipping the switch and be happy. And it, it, when it, when I say it as lightly as that, it is certainly not that easy because we have been conditioned to look for these things of negativity or, or what's wrong for years and years and years. So you just don't stop that by the snap of the fingers, but you do stop it by, by, Keep refocusing yourself, re, re-challenging your brain to, uh, adapt to this new way of thinking, this happy way of thinking. And then the amazing response from the law of attraction is, is, is we're all of a sudden back into this. The happiness that is coming your way feels really good. You're right. It is quite a, a bit of a challenge, especially at first, if we're not used to taking this kind of responsibility to find our own happiness. It, it takes a little doing to even find something that's going right. I mean, one of my favorite questions to ask somebody, even here in the, the group that we're, we're uh, live streaming to today, uh, somebody will post something about how, you know, this thing isn't going right in my life or I can't attract that or whatever. And they go on and on about all the different ways that it's not happening the way they want it to. And so the first question I ask them is, well, what is going right in your life? And I often get a response, something like, well, you're right. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. I should be focusing on that. Or sometimes it's, you know, I'm having trouble coming up with something. I, I, I know I should be thinking of something positive. I just can't think of something. So I'll suggest, well, start with the basics. You know, what's going right? Are, are you, do you, do you have a roof over your head? Do you have a place to live? You know, do you have food on the table? If you have food on the table and roof over your head, you've got two out of the, the, the main three things covered. Do you have clothes? You know, do you, do you have a, a, an income? If you've got those things, you've got a whole lot of good stuff going on right now. And even if you only have part of those, you have some good stuff going on right now. So start with that. That it, it, it seems so basic, but we forget about those things, you know? Well, it, it's, we, we forget about those things because they are, they are easy to get lost in. We have a, a an awfulizing mindset where we, we tend to think, take everything in life to the most awful conclusion as a defense mechanism. If I, if I think about what's the worst that can happen here, then I'm mentally prepared for that. And that, that is, that has become the pervasive way that most people think. Well, let's, let's, let's look at the worst case scenario. Okay. Well, let's do that. And, and let's invite more of the worst case scenarios when we do that versus what is the best case scenario? What, what is the best possible solution to this problem? Uh, and what, what is, what is going right in my life? So if I come from a basis like you're talking about, I have a roof over my head. I'm not homeless. Uh, uh, I have family members that love me. I have people in my, my orbit that are, are dear friends and I, 
have the ability to pull myself out of this. And, and if you find something that allows that to take place where you can start really believing that, really feeling that, then that's where, that's where the, the happiness comes in. And again, the, the baseline of happiness is not some, I'll hear people say, well, you're living in a Pollyanna world or it, it's just this very, it's a fake world. And, and I'm like, well, uh, uh, yes. If you look at it the way you're looking at it, I'm a realist. I see what goes on in life. I, I, I'm very aware of the what's operating out there. I just don't make it my reality. My reality is a button I can press that either direction. I can see that or I can tend to look at it. You know, last week, there were 19 adoptions across the United States from kids in foster care that got a new home. That, that's amazing to me. I love that. There's there's excitement in that, and I'm, I know that because I'm direct, I'm involved in you know foster care, right. uh, finding kids homes for for permanent home. So that's a and, and each one of those individual stories are two sided stories. There's a story about a family falling apart, but there's also about a story about a family coming together, mm-hmm. and they both have equal value. Uh, it, it's just what you want to place the emphasis on. I view it as a miracle that these all these people come together and they figure out a way to, to make a family out of destruction. Or you can look at, you know, oh, wow, that happened because this family lost their, it fell apart. All again, it all depends on where you've been and what you've been through. And that's, you get to look at that. You get to choose that. And so the, the, when you wake up every day and you, you, and I, and I work very hard to avoid the news and sometimes you can't help it, uh, just because it's so much in your face. Uh, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I, I'm looking at my reality and my reality is just an incredible world that I'm living in. I feel great. I'm happy every day of my life because I've made that choice to be happy. Uh, and I've had some horrible things happen in my life. So the idea that, that, that I can't, that I, I can choose to be that what happened to me, or I can choose to be the solution of what happened to me. And, and the latter works best for me. And our regular podcast subscribers and listeners pretty much know your life story because they've heard it, you know, pieces of it and even the whole thing over and over. But people in the uh, the Facebook group that we're live streaming to may not have heard him before. Can you just give like a quick overview of like the, the, the worst hits of Joel Elston because you went through quite a few of them? Well, yeah, you know, my, my, I've, I've battled a, a severe, uh, addiction, severe depression. I ended up homeless. I ended up in jail, uh, all due to my own behavior. And, uh, you know, I have depression runs deep in my biological family. Um, you know, I had, uh, my biological father committed suicide, my bi- biological, my, let's see, that'd be maternal grandfather, uh, committed suicide. I have two uncles that are alcoholics. I, I have just mental illness that runs, uh, and, and suicide that runs through my family really deep. So, you know, at some point I'm like, well, that's clearly, you know, that's what you're thinking is, is that's the obvious end to my world, especially with a, a severe addiction. But when I was able to change that cycle and realize that I, I my own victim mentality of all that is what kept driving me more to be a victim, uh, that changed everything for me. And I, I realized that I am, I was independent of all this if I chose to be, or I could give it as much power as I want to be. And, and so I, I quit allowing my past to dictate that. And then as I've gotten toward my recovery, just this incredible chain of events happened that would take hours to tell. But it, it just is simply... Uh, I got into recovery. I started working in the field of addiction work, and that progressed into uh, a life coaching focus with uh, still work with a lot of addiction. I've adopted three children. Uh, I have just an incredible life right now that I've written a book, uh, do public speaking. I have two other books in the works. I have just amazing stuff going on, and it all is the same life. It's just how you choose to, where do you tend to focus on? I look at it as an incredible comeback. I'm grateful for that horrible time because that horrible time shaped the person that I am now. I don't view it as a negative. I, I learned how the value of struggle made me 
better and stronger. Uh, I, I, I look at failure entirely different. I, I love to fail. I try so hard every day. I try to fail every day. So I've just got to redefine what life meant to me. And, and that was my decision. Uh, I, I caused the problem and I was the solution to the problem. And the victimization mindset is I'm helpless in all this and I can do nothing. And it starts, I had to realize I had to start I, I was miserable. Start being happy. I cured chronic depression. I've been in recovery from addiction for over 23 years, and there was no amount of medication or anything that was going to help until I made a decision to become happy. Mm. And that's the bottom line. That's, that's pretty powerful stuff, too. And by the way, uh, I mentioned that our subscribers know most of Joel's life story because they've heard it over and over in various pieces through the episodes that we've done over the years. Um, if you're not yet a subscriber, uh, especially if you're in the Facebook group, um, I, I posted into the description that goes with the post where you're seeing this video uh, links for uh, how you can become a subscriber and get all of the episodes that we do here on Alloy Today streaming right to your smartphone every day. So please take a moment to uh, subscribe and, and get all the stuff that's coming right to your smartphone and, and you get you can play them anytime you want to. You don't have to be in the uh, Law of Attraction Change My Life group at the right time. You can just listen anytime you want to. So please become a subscriber. And also please uh, share on both in the group and, and throughout your favorite social media channels that you're listening to all the way today.net because that's how we reach more and more people, how we deliver their daily dose of happy to as many people as we possibly can because we want to seismically move the earth. We want to have huge numbers of people discovering that they are in control of their own happiness and that they can turn their lives around. They can get into that place like Joel is right now where life is great. Life is abundant. Life is wonderful. So please do do that. And Joel, you mentioned something that is a constant theme of yours, but again, the members of this group may not know about it. The theme of struggle. You, A lot of people don't like the word struggle, but you have a completely different take on it, partly for the reasons you were talking about, but expand on that a little bit. Why is struggle so important? Well, so much with the law of attraction is, is how you perceive things. And there's certain words that automatically have a negative connotation and we avoid them. Uh, for example, there's two words to me that have opposite meanings. Uh, most people would you, most, most humans, I think, seek comfort. And comfort sounds so nice and soft. You think, I think of mashed potatoes and, you know, uh, uh, a lot of gravy. Uh, well, of I think of comfort. Yeah. Uh, but, but comfort is, is a place where we almost are attracted to. And then when you use the, the other side of that, in a sense, it's struggle and struggle. Struggle is what we avoid at all costs. We, we, we hate to see our children struggle. We hate to see people struggle. Well, I realized along the way that my definitions of those two words were reversed in a sense that struggle was my ultimate gift. Struggle made me far stronger than I ever could have been in life. I, I, everything I have today, it, it, you know, I, I, I did because I became stronger. I fought against the comfort and comfort. While seemingly just wonderful and we all want to live there, comfort is a place where nothing grows. Comfort zones, uh, where you're, you're not propelled to do anything, you're, you get stuck in, in these little worlds of, of, you know, pockets of comfort and nothing happens there. So to me, struggle and failure are goals of mine. I love to struggle. I love to fail. And that, that goes against so what so many people are talking about. Cause when, you know, I'm an avid weightlifter. I've lifted weights now for 42 years, uh, since I've been about, you know, 12 years old. And, and I love lifting weights. It's, it's the exercise piece is a great, uh, is I, I consider a law of attraction piece as well. It, it really helps me focus every day, uh, along with meditation and stuff like that. So I, I, as, as I realized in the gym, a good workout, I know I've had a great workout when I have, when I work to the point that I cannot lift any more weights. I push myself till I fail. And when I fail, I know I worked as hard as I can work that day, whether I'm doing a new project or I'm, I, I take on many, many things. I, you know, I decided to get a doctorate in metaphysics. I'm finishing up a certification in hypnotherapy. I, I'd love to challenge myself to learn new things. Uh, I embrace 
the struggle. I embrace, you know, the, the grind is, is, uh, you know, the hustling grind that a lot of people, young people talk about today. Uh, I, I love those theories. And in fact, I'm, I know a lot of younger people are understanding that now. I, I get feedback. I encourage everyone to grind and hustle and, and struggle and, and not worry, and, and, and sort of don't worry about sweating, so to speak. Go out there and sweat in life, whatever that means to you. But that is growth. That's the body's intended, the mind's intended to absorb new things and get, become strong. Uh, if I were to go to Walt and say, and, and, you know, Walt's a very tall man for those of you who don't know, uh, <laughs> you know, if, you know, probably you haven't done, I know you're, you're very fit, but I know you probably don't do a lot of weight lifting or power lifting well, exercise. Actually, I'm not all that fit. I need to do better on fitness, but, uh, I, okay. let's, let's just say well, I'm not completely out of shape. How about that? Okay, well, I'll, I'll get, I'm, I'm trying to be good here, Walt. Just, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but, but for example, if Walt came to me and said, Joel, I would like to be able to bench press 300 pounds. And I would say, okay, well, lay on the bench, and I'm going to hand you 300 pounds. It's very unlikely Walt would be able to even slow the weight down. No. It's just not 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 even criticize any anybody, uh, but particularly particularly because he's very tall and bench press is a very hard thing for people of height to do. Um, however, if we were to start with a uh, hundred pounds or fifty pounds or wherever the starting, and he do that ten times, and the next week we go up to one hundred and ten, next week one hundred and twenty, and we have this method of going up. Walt, by the struggle against the weight. Within six months, he could be bench pressing 300 pounds if he were willing to dedicate himself to do that. It's a doable thing. And it happens because he uses, uh, we all use the power of struggle to grow. The power of struggle is a great gift. We were meant to grow and we're, we're, we're challenging our muscles when we lift weights or our mindset when we're, we're trying to improve or learn new things. Uh, that, that's great. I, you become strengthened by that. So I like to own my struggle. I like to own my failure. Now there's a difference between failure as a tool and failure as an end result. I have failed multiple times, but I am far from a failure. Uh, in fact, my failure has kept me from being a failure. I know that sounds really odd, it but uh, it, it, it's a very – all of it takes place because of my interpretation of words, that internal dialogue that I take I, – I give myself every day. If I've used struggle and, and failure, and like to me, most people – here's here's one that always gets confusing – is suffering. That view suffering is very negative. Suffering is a woe is me. I'm being punished. The world's attacking me. I am, I'm going to sit here and suffering. I'm going to suffer. Now, to me, that's not a positive mindset at all, but struggle is awesome. Struggle is strengthening. Struggle is growth. Most people use those words pretty close together. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I, I view them differently. So I, I don't think struggle is suffering. I, I don't think it is at all. I, I think struggle is growth. I think suffering is 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 uh, a lack of growth. Uh, the it's, it's just the the sort of sitting there doing nothing is is what suffering is versus struggle is a growth process. And so we get to the beautiful thing about this mindset that we're talking about is we again are in charge of it. You'll you'll hear. Other people that will, will strongly debate with me on topics or, or how I view things. The beautiful thing is I'm good with that. I, I don't need, they don't have to take my definition of things, nor do I have to take theirs. You are in charge of your happiness and we're all unique and what makes you happy may be different than what makes me happy, but that's okay. It's the feeling of happiness that matters. It's not the end result of happiness. I, 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 for years, we talked about the, the beautiful house. Um, so I think somebody the other night in South Carolina won the, the mega millions, the billion yeah. dollar mega million jackpot. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a mind numbing amount of money. It is, uh, you know, I'll go on a limb and said, I, I would think it's safe to say any, whoever won that is not prepared for what's about to happen. Oh, that's safe, um, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it, it is, uh, because uh, it, 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 it doesn't mean it can be a bad thing. It's just it's the fact that it's just there's a level. It's a level of money that most of us cannot comprehend. Ten million dollars is a lot of money, mm-hmm. and we're talking you know a hundred times more than that. It's right. it's just wow. So uh, 
as you as this person who won, I'm super excited for them. I hope they they figure out how to make happiness with that. But they spent their entire life, or how? And I have a painting. This person may be 19 years old, so it might not be a long life. <laughs> that is possible. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, but but I, my assumption is some middle aged person somewhere that's really worked hard, and if they view this win as a chance to stop doing everything. They can become very miserable. Several, many of my clients are extremely wealthy. I have clients that are, are high end, well, I'm not talking a millionaire people. I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars and their happiness is baffling. Unhappiness is baffling to me on some level, but they've been robbed of their struggle. They've been robbed of their growth. They're, 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 they're in a comfort zone where nothing changes. So the, the, you know, I'm all about the abundance, but I don't want the abundance to ever take away my need to, or my desire to continue to grow. I, I love my life. That's what I put out there. I keep getting more. Uh, I, I don't have to, I could cut back on work. I could take a year off from work. I could do all that. Stuff. I don't want to do that. That's not a mindset. One of the great, uh, coaches in college football is Paul Bear Bryant. And I believe, uh, whatever, I think it was in the early eighties, he decided to retire with one month he had died. Wow. Um, he, he, he has one of the most, just, just one of the most incredible coaching stories. You know, he worked, 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 worked his way up several schools, was a winner everywhere he went, uh, was a defining coach for the University of Alabama, made them the, when you say Alabama, if you're a football fan, you realize good football team, you automatically know that. He was the, the person that made Alabama relevant. He retired and then died. Wow. And it just, it, it just, it, we get up every day. I want something to do. I want a passion. I want to get up and struggle against life. I don't want it. Jerry Seinfeld, uh, 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 after he, for those of you who don't know, he, he at one point had the, uh, a huge television show, a sitcom just named after him, uh, uh, Seinfeld. And it was a huge show back in the day. And when he, Retired show. He got a ridiculous amount of money. He made a ridiculous amount of money uh, for years. Very wealthy, and then then the show sold for a record amount of money for syndication, and he thrived. Uh, and he, I saw him on an interview one time, and in about a year after the the show had sold, and he had all the money he could ever spend. Uh, he was on, being interviewed on a television show and, and on a news show. And the, the, the reason he was being interviewed was he was going back on tour. He was touring the country doing stand-up. And everybody was shocked that he would go back to doing stand-up. I mean, he, he, it, w- it was just something that didn't really make sense. I and mean, he's going, quote-unquote, backwards in, in what most people would view his, his career. And he went on to explain that he, he got up one morning and there were you know, there were the, the the housekeepers were there. He was in his house. It was noon on a Tuesday afternoon. He woke up and you know everything's clean. The mail was on the table and and he he said I had nothing to do. He said I had all the cars I needed, all the houses I wanted. He said, I, I, I didn't know what I was. He said I don't want to be the guy that sleeps to noon. I, I don't want to be that person. I I was happier when I was building the show up. And he made a statement that I, I, it just stuck with me. He said, the, he said, I have found out that life is best lived with a little wind in your face. Mm. He felt that, and that's what he was describing back in the day that, you know, that need to do it, that thriving. You would, you had talked, uh, in one of our shows maybe two years ago, three years ago, I don't know, been a while, uh, about, and I don't, I don't even remember the circumstance, but I remember the analogy you gave me of this gentleman. Uh, there's a gentleman that you had interviewed or were talking to, and he had, uh, he was very much a law of attraction person. Now, he did it differently than a lot of people, but he would build these companies and then basically give them away right. and st- start over. He enjoyed the building process so much that that's where he operated best in the law of attraction. He, he didn't want the, he needed to need to get up. 
And and that's something that a lot of people don't realize. You, that, that reason to get up, that passionate about it. And, and, and not only do you have to toil away at, at some menial job, but figuring out a way to get up every day and live the life with passion and excitement and, and, and be able to feel it. Wow, that's happiness. And when you realize that is happiness and you're in charge of it, it's the greatest gift you've been given. That's what the law of attraction is all about. You are in charge. We're so used to figuring out, well, I'd feel better if my my spouse treated me better. I'd feel better if my kids would do this. Or I'd feel better if I had a better job and my boss was nicer. And there's just tons of things that you would say you feel better. Figure out how to feel better, and then those things change. It happens every time. Yeah, that's true. And <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, uh, the thing that I thought of as you were describing that is not just people who – um, who have various things going on in their lives and, and they're, they're feeling kind of frozen about it and all that. But I, I saw something today. It wasn't in this particular group that we're streaming to. It was another group, um, the law of attraction. And this young woman had posted a picture of herself, very attractive young woman. I would say probably in her late teens, early twenties, something like that. And her post was basically this, look at my picture and tell me what you like about me. And I'm thinking to myself, that's somebody who really doesn't have a good idea of how to find her own happiness, is she? Yeah, and and I within the context, of, you know, sometimes I, I you never know. Sometimes people can do um, sort of protagonist type quote things, so you don't know. I don't know exactly where she was going with that, mm. but on the surface, just basing it on the surface, that's a really dangerous mindset. A very dangerous mindset, I believe, of, of, please tell me what you like about me, uh, so I can fill that blank in, you know, and, and versus, I, I don't need to be defined by that. I am happy with me and, and I, I'm happy with my life. And when you rely on another person or another situation to make you feel, then you're never you're never going to be satisfied. It's never going to feel right. You're never going to be attracting your own law of attraction uh, abundance when you're allowing other people to dictate everything going on inside of you. Yeah, that's true. In fact, uh, Cindy Chavez and I were talking yesterday about uh, the fact that you actually cannot feel unless your your attention and your focus is on right now. Like if you try to imagine about something that you want to happen in the future, you actually can't feel that because it's it's in the future. I mean, you can kind of imagine it as if it were right now and feel that, but you can't really feel into the future. And similarly, you can't really feel into the past. You can relive something in your mind, something that did happen in the past, and feel it now, but you can't feel it in the past. You can only feel it right now. And it became to me like a, a, a kind of a V8 moment, right, where I realized wow, there's a great measure for myself. I want to get in touch with my own feelings about myself so that I can work on my own happiness, so that I can, I can take charge of, of getting myself into that happier place. In order to do that, I have to focus on where I am right now. And if I do that, I can get that, that focus going, and then I can start selecting what it is that I like about myself, that um, I, I want to do in my life, that um, I want to become in my life and and i can do all that in my imagination right here where i am right now despite the fact that it hasn't happened that's a completely different mindset from the one that says please tell me what you like about me oh yeah and and that that's you you when you need another person's approval or you know how, how many times have uh we've talked about this concept and i i can use it in my my life uh, coaching business a lot. I have somebody that comes in, they, they have a passion about something they want to do. Uh, it's a business idea. It's, it's something, whatever it's going to be. It's a life situation idea. They want to, they want to do something. They, they love it. They're, but yet other people tell them why it won't work. And then they yeah. just never mind. And they, okay, never mind. Uh, but, uh, because it won't work. They're, they're so easily influenced by other people telling you, we, you know, we, a lot of times parents unintentionally, because you know, I, I, most parents I know simply would never re- do this on purpose, but when parents unintentionally sabotage a child, they tell them what they, well, now don't get your hopes up. You know, you're, you know, let's, let's be realistic. And, and, and you almost give the negative feedback, uh, that, 
shuts them down and coaches them that, well, now that doesn't apply to you or, mm. or um, you know, and, and it, it really, really is pervasive in our life, in our culture to go out there and, and you know, we, we, we need to play a role where we, our kids, they need to understand they're going to have to work for what they, they want. But at the same time, telling, shutting them down for their ideas is, is just a reinforcer of what society is saying. Well, this won't work or your situation is dictated to you, uh, versus my situation is mine to control. And I do that by starting controlling my perspective and that there's, not that message is not delivered very accurately or frequently. Mm-hmm. In fact, it rem- it makes me think that uh, uh, again the distinction between somebody who is looking outside themselves for validation and someone who's looking inside themselves for validation. Uh, when someone is looking inside themselves for validation and they get uh, some sort of feedback from somebody else, reinforcing good for you, you're looking inside of yourself as opposed to trying to shut them down on some idea. That that actually that that uh, impetus to give somebody else a, a feeling of yes, I'm with you. You're doing the right thing. Go there. Go for it. That not only helps the other person, it helps yourself, doesn't it? Because you're 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 validating that they are responsible for their own happiness, that you're responsible for your own happiness, and that you think that them going after their own happiness is a great thing. That that's a really powerful combination. It really is. I I uh, it, when my Several years ago, again, we have a, a new audience who, do, who didn't know the entire background of, of everything that you and I have been through. But I, I was working, we first met when I was working at a treatment center. I was a director of a residential treatment center for addiction here in Virginia. And, you know, it, it's a program that I helped develop. Uh, it was based on holistic principles using law of attraction as one of the components in addiction work which I'm very fond of, I'm a big believer in, and uh, that's how we met. And we we did a podcast while I was the director of that center. Uh, as time went on, uh, I had a situation at the center where uh, the owner of the center, his, his you know good man, a very good program he had, him and I started seeing things differently. Uh, I was more, I wanted to go further in the law of attraction stuff. He was... Uh, probably feeling like he was sort of losing control of the direct and it was his business and it was uh he had the right to do all this but we had a, a falling out one weekend and all of a sudden i was, went from a career as director of a, a residential treatment center that i really believed i was going to retire from to all of a sudden not working and uh that i had Always dreamed about having a private practice, uh, but it, and, and I, I now clear, I can see clearly that I, that's what I attracted because that's what I, I really wanted. I was really getting tired of the bureaucracy of the treatment center and having to deal with all the pettiness of, of, you know, paperwork and all that goes with that. So I see how I can, I attracted all that. And part of this, as I was going, I decided I'm going to go back to uh, private practice. I'm going to I'm going to go into private practice, and I, I started. Things fell into place pretty quickly. But I, I, the point of the story is, I remember calling my mom, and I didn't want her to hear that I, you know, I'm not with the company anymore. I mean, and her first response was, "Do you think you could call him and make up with him and, and get your job back?" Yeah. And I was like. What? She said, well, son, you're making a lot of money there, and, you know, it, you guys are good friends. I can't believe that one weekend rendered entire – I said, Mom, you're missing the point. And I got off the phone, and I was like, you know, should I call him back? Should I – really, should I try to – I mean, and, and it, it – it, I, I – I allowed, and she meant nothing by that, and and she, but that's her way. She has a she had a fear based existence in life, so everything with her was was based on a fear or a lack of. So her, she was like, "Well, son, this is going to turn out bad. You know, mm. it's hard to be in business by yourself. You, you know, how, why would people go see you? I mean, she had all those questions, and it reinforced my self doubt that I." was uh, had pretty much defeated but it brought it quickly to the surface and i was able to catch that really quick and and then it's it just amazing how fast that that my business took off and how quickly i became profitable and i never missed a beat and and you know i actually ended up finishing that year making more money than if i'd stayed with a treatment center <laughs> so the, the the process was was phenomenal but yet even within that my my 
my biggest supporters were unintentionally feeding me a negative vibration, which I was buying into. I was, you know, and nobody was setting out to sabotage me. And I'm not trying to claim there was no you know, harm intended. In fact, if anything, my mom's perspective was let me help protect you because, you know, you need to, you need to go you know, sort of go talk to this gentleman, uh, apologize and begging for your job back because that, you know, you're not going to be able to, to, to do better than that job. And, uh, it, it, it was based on her history. Uh, and I, I was susceptible to that for about eight minutes and I hung up. I'm like, absolutely not. I, I am not falling for that. And, and it, it, it changed. And, and you know the story in greater detail. And it's, it's done nothing but go straight up ever. It's been an amazing oh. chain of events. And I, I would not be, I could not be happier in my life. And that was a necessary step. Uh, but it, it sure was a, a test, so to speak. And I think that's sort of a lot of what a lot of people go through is they go through that, oh, that, that fear based and, and, you know, I, I can't be happy unless this happens. Well, the truth is I'm exceptionally happy and I required nothing for that to happen. Right. Well, you effectively demonstrated by your example that the, the lovely scenario I laid out about one person being completely supportive of the other person and how powerful that is. But you also basically point out how rare it is, too. It is a very rare thing. And more often than not, we do get unintentionally shut down. And you're right. I'm sure your mom had no intention of shooting you down at all. But nevertheless, that is a very common thing to happen. So you described, or at least you alluded to the fact that you had already done a lot of work to basically overcome being dependent upon uh, somebody else's evaluation in order for you to move forward so that you wouldn't be t- uh, weighed down by, by somebody like this saying, well, you know, you really can't, you can't make it on your own. You got to go get the job back and all that kind of thing. So, right. so for somebody who is maybe not in the place where you are, who hasn't had the, the, the really horrific experiences that you use as springboards to become where you are today, it's just for somebody who's still dealing with some struggles, you know, they don't necessarily have that support network. So how do they get themselves into that same mindset where, that you were in so that, cause, cause clearly you, you had enough mindset that even though for about eight minutes, as you said, um, you, you were kind of buying into it. And then you said, no, I'm not going to buy into that. How, how did you shift that? Because that shift, like you said, it turned your year into something even more successful as a result. Well, and, and, I had been through so much to that point. So it's, it, you know, knowing how the law of attraction worked and how, how it led me to that place. So I, I, I could identify that mindset very quickly, but somebody very early in this equation or just maybe new to this, uh, would probably have a very difficult time in seeing, wow, this is a good thing. And one of the things that, that I will often tell and it sounds so incredibly harsh to people when I say this. Um, when somebody said, I said, how are things going? They'll say, Oh God, it's really bad. I lost my job. And I'm like, well, congratulations. <laughs> and oh Lord. And, and, and I don't mean it in the condescending manner it's coming out, but I, 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 what opportunities are out there? We live in an incredible time where the most amazing things can happen when you believe they can happen. It, it, there's no better time in our history of our world that you could really have access to all this information and make decisions uh, and, and figure out ways to make living. So the, you live in an incredible time, but you can't view your loss of a job as a loss of of or you know as a loss as much as you can. What is the next step? So you start by simply saying. Let's use that. You lose your job, and Joel, you're telling me to be happy because I just lost my job. I got two kids, and I got a mortgage payment. It's overwhelming, and so I'm not trying to minimize how that feels. It's it's not a it's not a great place to be. But learning to feel great within that is how you're going to have that next step, and and being able to press that button and say, look. I have, I have so much going for me. I have this incredible, uh, drive. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I want to be successful, uh, more, much more successful. I have an abundance already. And you, you literally fake it till you make it in the beginning. You, you, you talk, do a self talk 
where you start to believe it. You live, you look at it. There's several techniques of, of doing it, but there's, you know, there's vision boards and there's, you know, ideas of being able to, you know, spend money, you know, metaphorically in your brain or, or just feeling like there's an abundance, but creating a world where you feel like you want to feel and believe that then the law of attraction matches that feeling. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you, one of your favorite things, which I love is, is you talk about your best place to, to, to do this is, is in a, you use comedy to get you in the right mindset. You love to listen to, uh, you know, comedy routines or watch funny shows or movies that gets you in the right mindset. You love to laugh mm-hmm. and, that's that's a great place. So you know that. So you know you have some people may have to figure out what their button is. For me it's that state of gratitude. I just I can find things to be grateful for. I, I spent thirty days in jail twenty four years ago and I figured out a way to be grateful for that. I was grateful for you know the fact that I I had survived what I've been through in my addiction. I'm grateful that this was going to represent a new beginning. Uh, jail was by far not the worst thing that ever happened to me, and that was a huge shift in mindset. I spent my entire life fearing going to jail, and jail turned things around. It, it represents to me a, a great pivot in my life. I don't view jail. I still talk about it now, and I do not view it as a negative experience. So when I say that, I don't want to go again. No, but. But it certainly was a necessary event at that time that changed everything. I would not be who I am today if I didn't go to jail. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to hear somebody say, but you know, after I've, I've heard you express it over the years and the various stories that you've told associated with it, I, I can see why you come to that conclusion. And it also makes sense to me that given, I mean, you had some really horrific struggles earlier on in your life. But given all that, I can understand also your view about struggle and why you think struggle is so good. And, and you actually have helped convince me to, to some extent that struggle is important. Uh, that it, that, that's I'll have a disclaimer there, Walt, to some extent. Uh, yeah, you're, you're getting there. You're getting there. And, uh, <laughs> to some extent, but that is the truth. It, that, that struggle of that, that, that you have experienced, I've experienced, when you start viewing it at all as, you know, it's almost like, what do you got? You, you wake up one day and you realize you're a hundred percent successful in surviving what you didn't think you could survive. That's amazing. That's an amazing stat. So I'm going to go out on a limb and think you're going to continue to survive. And not only that, if you can accept that, why don't you start thriving on top of it? Why don't you start feeling like I, I can handle anything? So life has thrown me some horrible curveballs, even when things are going really well. And then at some point, you know, and I'm using a baseball analogy, which is very odd uh, for our listeners who don't know. Joel, that, Joel uh, is not a baseball fan <laughs> at all. That, that's that's not true. What well, if I need to sleep? It's <laughs> that's I can't true. So, uh, but other than other than that, no. But but you know, life will throw these curveballs at you, and and part of it is you can, you can be affected by them or, or, or learn to hit them out of the park. And 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 this is the message of the law of attraction. It is the answer to all. That's what's so exciting. And the frustrating piece is when in the beginning, what we're talking about goes literally against what the universe has told us. It, it tells us, you're, you know, it, what you think the universe, what families have taught, the, the worst case scenario people. It goes against that very hard. Mm, that's true. Yeah, and and that's I think probably that's where the biggest struggle comes in. And by struggle, I mean the thing that we all end up having to face when it comes to trying to learn to be a, a successful, deliberate creator. And that is dealing with the fact that even in our darkest stuff, the stuff that seems most impossible to us, we really can take control. We really can be responsible for our own happiness. We really can do it. And when we do it, that's when the amazing things happen. But that's a lot. That's a lot to face up to. It's a lot, not just face up to, but to accept. I mean, oh, I'm in the middle of this horrible thing and I can actually be happy in it. That, that's, that takes some doing. That turns, that twists against the reality that most people have been fed. So when I, it's the equivalent of me telling you something that you have a core belief 
and that you're wrong about that. It's like, okay, Walt, the color red, what you believe is the color red is really the color blue. I'm not <laughs> going to convince you of that. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can try, but it, it's something you believe with all your heart. It's almost that same level. You can't convince me that struggle is good. You can't convince me that my comfort is bad for me. You can't convince until you start to see it. We're, we're the most resilient creatures on the, I, I value resilience above all else. It is the most, to me, the absolute best human character trait that can be developed. Learned resilience versus learned helplessness. The law of attraction teaches us to be resilient. The learned resilience piece allows this to happen. The learned helplessness piece creates victims and all that's associated with being a victim of all of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and that, that resistance that we, the resistance comes from within. That's one of the things that you learn a little bit later on when you're studying how this law of attraction stuff works. You know, no matter which teacher you're listening to, whether it's Abraham Hicks or Neville Goddard or Napoleon Hill or, or any of the other people over the years who have been able to teach us so much about how this whole thing works. Resistance is the piece that you don't hear about first necessarily, but you do finally end up hearing about it. And that resistance is a way of describing how we basically block ourselves from believing in ourselves, which sounds strange, but we really do it. Well, it, it it's what causes everything. It, it, it's that resistance that, that it's unintentional. And I wish it were as easy as, Boy, I want to say I'm happy and I'm going to be happy. Learning to feel the feelings are what the law of attraction, when you can, what does happiness look like to you? What does that picture look like? Live in it, feel it, smell it. You know, I, I can, I can create that feeling of happiness and, and that, that feeling of, of just pure joy. And then from that, I can do everything. I try not to make any decision in life based on when I'm in a mindset of anything but joy or happiness. That's, and that's definitely the way to do it. Um, we've got a couple minutes left. I just want to remind people, first of all, uh, if you're not a subscriber, please do subscribe because, I mean, you can tell if you've been following any of the shows that we've been doing. Whoops. I think we, we had yeah. a reconnection there, Joel. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did you lose me? Uh, well, I, I think you actually were talking, and, and I thought you were done, so I just started talking, and then all of a sudden you were back. It's like, oh, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> well, the, the, I, I, the point is the, the 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 concept of meditation and happiness and making decisions. You're going to continue to feel better, and then that's when you're going to make the best decisions, and you're going to you're going to follow through in life that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very true. Uh, what, I, what I was starting to say when I thought the, that uh, you were done was uh, for people who are not yet subscribers, I just want to remind you, please become a subscriber. The instructions on how to do it are in the uh, uh, the notes here on the Facebook page. Also, they're on the homepage of our website at allawaytoday.net. Um, and you're going to get all these great programs when you do this because every single one of my co-hosts brings a really novel, interesting, unique perspective. You can tell from Joel. I mean, Joel has probably the most amazing perspective of all of my co-hosts just because, Joel, you, you've lived the most amazing life of anyone I know. I mean, and you're continuing to live it. And you've gotten to the point now where your life is just... I, it, I have trouble finding anything that goes on in your life that you don't like. You love everything that's going on. And I'm just so amazed and impressed by that. Well, I appreciate it. And, 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 you know, the reason I do this show every week is, uh, I, I truly find it valuable. I've, I've, I've we've never met face to face, That's but right. yet I consider you a very good friend. And, uh, uh, it, it's something that I, I find valuable. I love, I, this is a piece of my life that I love. I get up every day. I've, I schedule this show every week on purpose because this is my value. I, I, I love doing it. So you're right. It, it, living a life where you love it, it, all you do is bring more things in. It's funny too, because we actually for a time did live about an hour away from each other. When Louise and I lived in Virginia, we were about an hour from where you are. We were in Warrenton, you're in the Richmond area. And yet we still never connected other than through doing this. And, and as I think about that, it occurs to me, that's actually probably a good thing in some ways, because this, this venue, this, this podcast that we do, this is where our best connection happens anyway. 
It would, it would yeah. almost be like sacrilegious not to do it this way, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, a few weeks ago, we almost had this chance meeting. You're going That's to be right. Yeah. yeah. Our schedule didn't match, but uh, it, it, it was, you know, on some level, it's like, well, obviously one day we are going to meet, but it's almost mm-hmm. in between there. It's, it's why. I mean, there's no point in yeah, it at right. this point. <laughs> yeah, it almost would have spoiled it if, if we'd actually been able to connect that weekend. It would have been nice, but, you know. Yeah, it, yes, exactly. But it just didn't work out that way. But that's all right. You know, it, it was a good thing. So, yeah. Uh, so, let, let's just leave it with one final thought for people who are still trying to get and, and still trying to figure out how to apply the happiness in their own life. I mean, if there's one thing you would tell them, what's the one thing they can do that will, will get them there fastest to help them take that control? Find the place that you have been happiest at in your life and, and try to not so much focus on what was happening then, but how you felt then and try to emulate that feeling again. At some point, you, it might be a childhood experience where you felt just gratitude, grateful, whatever, happy, any of that stuff that's going on. Figure out what was going on then and try to feel that again. Not so much the event as much as the feeling and then learn to replicate that feeling. That's how you, you start off with a little teeny bit. A little happiness every day eventually becomes to a lot. It ter- goes into a lot of happiness. And for those who want to uh, have the, the coaching experience with Joel Elston, because he's obviously an excellent coach, Joel's available at joelelston.com, so be sure to check him out there and contact him. There's all kinds of ways to contact him through his site. Joel, as usual, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to doing this every week with you. Well, it's great to talk to you, my friend, and I'm glad, so glad we're being able to share this with our new Facebook friends, too. Absolutely, yes. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 